Welcome to Top Brew, the show that is best served fresh. Thanks for joining us for episode 39. Our show is sponsored by Thrasher Coffee, our local coffee roaster shop at thrashercoffee.com for specialty coffees and use the Top Brew coupon code to get 25% off. I am Joe Darnell and joining me is the coffee roaster man, Mr. Eric Rauch. Good morning, Joe. Hey, Eric. How are you doing? Good. Good to be here. Happy Back to the Future Day. Right back at you. Yeah. I'm wearing my Back to the Future t-shirt. You are. Because and you I'm sort of nerd. explained it to me, but maybe you should explain it to our... Okay, because I brought it up. Yeah. This is good coffee discussion. Real quick off the top of the show, this has nothing to do with coffee. You know, I don't think there was any coffee in Back to the Future Part 2, which is really sad. There has to be. There was some in the first movie, but it didn't look all that appetizing. Okay, so the explanation for Back to the Future Day is that today is October the 21st, 2015. And that is the day that Marty and Doc in Back to the Future Part 2 went to the future to help Marty's kids. That's in the in the flying car. In the flying DeLorean. Okay. In the time machine DeLorean. How can you beat that? This is the best ever. Yeah, I guess if you're going to go in a, in a time machine, it should be a DeLorean. Now, in the window, there was uh, an old uh, 1984 Macintosh computer and Roger Rabbit, and there was the sports almanac that winds up in Biff's hands and is used to create oh, oh, terror. And, 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 as antiques. Yeah, as in antiques, yeah. That's interesting, yeah. And in the downtown, they were premiering, I think it was um, Jaws 19 in 4D. <laughs> <laughs> and it was directed. Yes, and it was directed by Max Spielberg. It wasn't directed by Steven. It says so on the marquee. Max Spielberg. I don't. I don't get that. Anyway, none of these are spoilers. If you if you haven't seen the movie, go check it out today. You have a good excuse to. But we're not going to review the movie or anything here. This isn't that podcast. No, but I guess it's an interesting side note. It is. It is that day. This is that day in history. And this is actually going to be coming to you from the past. <sighs> Oh, it, interesting. It's recorded today, but it won't be live until tomorrow, right? Mm. No, it goes up today, but it comes up later today. So oh. this is back to the past. So. Wow. Mind blowing. That is mind blowing. Man, this coffee is good. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a few different topics to discuss today, Eric. I wanted to create a section that we've dabbled with in the past, but we haven't explored very much. I'm All calling right. it follow up and it's self-explanatory. Uh, if you have anything that you'd like us to discuss on Top Brew, you can always bring it up to us in an email or, you know, send us a tweet and we'd be glad to follow up that topic in this section of the show. But I'm going to produce some of my own for today. So first of all, I found this article wherein they talk about the human genes and how the uh, genes react to various chemicals and the like from coffee. And I, I thought that this was interesting, Eric, because we've talked a lot about how, and especially you have, about how... Coffee affects different people different ways, in large part for how your your genetic makeup is put together. Yeah, in fact, in fact, Nick Nick talked about this too on the several shows ago when uh, when you had Nick Jesh on. Um, he talked about his ability to be able to that he says caffeine has no effect on him that he can he can drink a pot of coffee and go directly to bed. You know, I, I don't know if I'm quite there, but I mean, I, I it 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 doesn't affect me as I've I've seen it affect other people. So the article makes the point that people who metabolize caffeine quickly tend to drink more of it, which just makes sense because it doesn't seem to affect them so much. Yeah. I was watching this. Okay. TV again. I got another side note here related to this point. I was watching the flash television show and playing catch up on Netflix. Okay. 
And the Flash went to a bar and some people were offering him drinks. And he was trying to make the point that none of it affects him because he, he metabolizes all the alcohol almost instantly. Oh, so he does everything fast. Yeah. So he, he like drinks a whole uh, like collection of shot glasses and really fast and instantly no effect from any of them. Huh. So, so essentially the same thing happens to some people when it comes to caffeine. They just metabolize the caffeine so quickly that they have to drink a lot more of it to get the effects that somebody who experiences the jitters with eight ounces of coffee would have. Right. So, so the logic behind this is that, you know, we just don't understand everything about people's genetic makeup just yet. And because that's the case, we are seeing that people are just not affected by caffeine the same way across the board. Yeah. If there's one, if there's one truth about, about humans is that we're all different. You know, there, there's not one standard, you know, this is how the human being does X. It's, I mean, it, there's always, there's always variability within, within any, and even, even down to the gene level, apparently. Which is which I find to be really fascinating. You know, things work on a on a on a certain principle, but there's there's variability within that within that principle. Um, that you drink a cup of coffee and I drink a cup of coffee, and and we metabolize it differently. I, I mean, I find that to be amazing. So the reason this came up was because I read this article at pri.org. Another interesting little bit of trivia is that the people up in Northern Europe consume the most caffeine every year. And uh, it seems like the Dutch win the prize for the most, an average of 880 cups of coffee a year. Wow. That's about about three cups a day, right? Yeah. Yeah, or more even really. I haven't done the maths, but uh, I can put that into the show notes. And it, the, the researcher who was coming together with the, this information for the article was Marilyn Cornelis. For many years, coffee had a bad rep, um, reputation, she says, um, and went on to make this point. It was connected to high stress levels and potentially heart disease, and it was very common for a physician to possibly recommend that you cut back on coffee. However, there really is no strong evidence to support those recommendations. And more recent work, more accurate studies are suggesting that there are probably more benefits to coffee than we realized. Yeah, yeah, and that and that's that's one thing that's that that I've I found to be true with my own research too. Um, I do I do a lot of reading on on coffee. I try to read as as many books about coffee as I can, and that that's one thing that that seems to come up over and over again um, is the the antioxidant benefits. You know, coffee's got caffeine in it. Yeah, okay, we know that. We are we have yet to necessarily nail down how good or how bad caffeine is for us as as human beings the the um the the general rule seems to be well your mileage may vary you know just just like we've we've already talked about well for some people it 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 may cause their heart to race for other people it it might not so everybody's affected differently by it but there are there are many other factors there are many other things in a cup of coffee that 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 are beneficial that have antioxidant benefits that aren't typically quantified and to some degree can offset the the uh, the maybe good or bad qualities of the of the caffeine and, and how it affects you. Mm. I I think that it's still consistent in my own metabolism. I can handle maybe three or four cups a day using arabica beans because it has less caffeine than robusta beans tend to. Sure. And when I have a regular cup of robusta coffee, I notice I almost feel the jitters before I even finish the cup. Right. But that has to do with the difference in caffeine quantity. So that, that must be kind of my threshold, but I metabolize the caffeine fairly well from Arabica beans. 
I, I can have one in the morning, another one just before lunch, and another one in the mid-afternoon. And I don't really experience any caffeine side effects. Mm-hmm. Check out that link in the show notes if you want to read more. You know, there, there's always new evidence that caffeine doesn't have the side effects we previously thought it did. Yeah, I mean, it's a it, it's an easy thing to say, but but it's a whole a whole other thing to prove. And and but at this point, it seems like it's just common knowledge. It's like. It's, it's modern dogma is what it is. Yeah. And because everybody's still saying it, it's like- Well, you like, need to cut down on your caffeine. You know, even Well, that may be true. When everyone and your taxi driver is telling you the same thing, yeah. it's outdated information. Right. And it's, it's gotten it's to the, that point when the it old, concerns caffeine. It's the old wives' tale. It's, a, it's gotten to the point where it's a, it's a truism, but science, all these different studies that they're, that they're showing aren't as conclusive as your average taxi driver or you know, your average- old wives' tale spinner is going to sound or as authoritative as, as they're going to try and be. Um, it's just, it just, it just ain't true. It may, it may have an effect. It, it may be part of something that, that if you cut your caffeine out and you start to feel better and, and okay, well, great. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, that caffeine as a, as a substance is, is some sort of bad thing or, or, or should be demonized to the, to the effect that it, that it is in, in certain circles. So moving on to the next topic, this one is about Starbucks prices. It was a couple episodes ago. It was episode 37. We talked about pumpkin spice latte from Starbucks and the exorbitant prices on some of their specialty beverages. Right. And I don't really mean to just, uh, you know, pick on Starbucks from week to week because really it's a lot of the places that serve specialty coffee beverages. They're just, the prices are rising. Yeah. And, And this has been going on for ages. You know, there's inflation going on, but there's also just companies that want better profits. The product is in high demand. Why not keep raising the prices as long as people keep paying? Right. So the website is 247wallstreet.com. They have this article, coffee prices down 34% this year. Right. And what they're talking about is actually commodity coffee. Right. They're talking about whole bean coffee, buying it by the bag or buying it green. And say they say, since the beginning of the year, the commodity price of coffee on the ICE has dropped from around $1.90 a pound to close to just shy of $1.27 a pound on Friday. The last time coffee prices were this low was in early 2014. The commodity price fell nearly 6% Friday following a forecast for significant rain in Brazil, the coffee-growing capital of the world. Traders saw several years of drought drawing to a close. So uh, good for the coffee industry. This is actually not going to show up in the uh, making a difference for consumers because most of this coffee is at uh, the lower price. It's just going to benefit the companies that are like are the handlers, you know, the coffee roasters and the distributors. They're yeah. going to see the benefit from this. And they still got all their operating costs and everything. A 50% drop in, in what they're paying for the, the cost of, of green coffee isn't always necessarily going to be reflected in a, 50%, in a 50 cent drop on the bag on the shelf. As this, as this article brings up, but it also doesn't address the fact that that's why there is the term specialty coffee and there's the term commodity coffee. They're two different animals. Commodity coffee is publicly traded. It's on the market. So that's the, that's the, the daily market price of coffee as a commodity. So if you're going to buy coffee, if you're going to buy commodity coffee today, that's the price you're going to pay. Sometimes specialty coffee is based on the commodity price plus some sort of margin. So huh. like if, if if the commodity price of coffee is $1.25 today and the specialty coffee that, that, that you want is plus $1.25, you're always going to pay $1.25 over what, what the commodity price is for that day. 
But not all specialty coffee is that way, especially direct traded coffee. It's set at a price based on how it cupped, based on um, how that particular crop turned out, and how that that particular farmer and how that importer have a, have agreed on a price. So like this is a this this coffee cups it at at an eighty seven or an eighty eight or a ninety. Based on that on that quality and how good that coffee is in the cup, this is what this is what we want to get a pound for it. And it's not based on commodity pricing at all. It's based on the fact that this is a good cup of coffee. So this is what I want. This is this is how much this, this coffee is worth. It, it, it's 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 not based on the the coffee that's going into Folgers and Maxwell House and and, and other commodity places. It, it's it's based on on that individual crop by itself and nothing else. And related to this, um, uh, just a quote from the article here: Starbucks Corp raised its prices by an average of five to twenty cents per cup in July this year. And you're not going to see that drop for any kind of reason related to this. No, but there again, Starbucks. I mean, albeit Starbucks is buying in, in such huge volumes that that they're not having to pay the same specialty coffee prices that I am. But they're buying specialty coffee. They're they're not they're typically not buying commodity coffee. Yeah, the company said in a statement to the AP that the price of green coffee had no bearing on the, their price rising. Yeah, and I think so. that's true. I, I mean, I, I think they're. It might sound like they're being evasive, but but. From my oh, perspective, they're being they're being transparent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, something to watch, people. Uh, we have this also in the show notes. A video about pumpkin spice latte and how it's all made. The video is called "Flavor Science: What Really Is in a Pumpkin Spice Latte." It's uh, from the Sci Show on YouTube. It's a channel they got. Uh, they got a lot of subscribers. It looks like they got two point eight million subscribers. So maybe you've already watched this. Maybe you saw it before I did. But it's a pretty cool video. Um, it begins and ends by talking about pumpkin spice latte and how the flavors are working science, uh, sciency, you know, un- under the microscope. Yeah, it's it's a other than <laughs> other than having to watch the guy that's that's being the presenter, <laughs> it gets a, it gets a little aggravating at times, with, especially with his air quotes. It, yeah, it's a very it's a very interesting video to illustrate the point that look. Everything, even if it's made in a lab, everything is ultimately natural. Everything, everything comes from this planet. You know, an, an artificial flavor and a natural flavor both come from this planet. Well, it's the not reason like, though it's not is... like we're we're importing stuff from Mars or, or or from outside of the universe. You know, it, it's all coming from here. Well, something that they made that was a really good point, and one that I haven't thought about in a long time, is that everything is made up of chemicals. And usually, when you people water, say, yeah, yeah, usually when people say something like. Hey, do you know that there's chemical in your water? Yeah. You know, you, you, that just sounds like a negative connotation. It's right. like, oh, you got the fluoride in there and it's going to kill yeah. my brain cells. It's going to get in my bloodstream and it's going to dampen my immune system. But what? there's, in other words, there's chemicals in your chemicals. Exactly. <laughs> the difference is the, the natural ones, which are based on a list that the FDA and other organizations approve of, and they deem to be the natural chemicals that you can put into food and call them natural flavors and natural ingredients. And then you have uh, the artificial flavors, which are the the man-made chemicals in the laboratory. But the, the point being made here in the video is that oftentimes the artificial flavors are actually just compounds that are made up in the lab that are, are almost exactly the same as the compounds. They are. Yeah. And the, the natural flavors. It's On just a molecular they level, they are. Exactly. So the, the thing is, though, that they were actually just made in a laboratory right. rather than grown off of some plant or harvested out of the water or yeah. filtered out of the soil. <laughs> it was actually made in the lab. Right. And the reason that this is important is because they could not create a lot of the flavors. We would not have a lot of the flavor today that we have if it weren't for this process. And you would not have the flavors that you get for all of your specialty hot beverage, you know, lattes and the like right. without this sort of process because we could not mass produce right. enough of the flavoring 
if it weren't for the artificial flavors. So for example, in the video, they highlight vanilla, which is what we get for all of the flavor of vanilla. You know, yeah. you think about vanilla extract, you're thinking that you're using something that was extracted from vanilla beans. Right. But they make the point that uh, actual flavor from vanilla beans only accounts for like 0.2% of all the vanilla flavoring used in the world every year. <laughs> yeah, it would be expensive for you to buy the little the little vial or even the big vial of artificial vanilla flavor, which is it's actually the same molecular structure as what comes off the tree. It's way cheaper. If you were to buy that made strictly from vanilla beans, you probably wouldn't be able to afford it. No, you probably couldn't. It makes me feel weird, though, knowing that the majority of all that vanilla that is made today is made from uh, basically uh, petroleum, is what the guy said in the video. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that doesn't sound very appetizing or healthy. And yeah. It makes me a little bit queasy, actually, just to think like, petroleum, what? And he says it so fast and, and moves on right. with what he had to say in the video. He yeah. didn't talk about the potential side effects you could have from something that was artificial that we do not know yet or understand today. Like we're like we were just saying a few minutes ago, but, but we're still petroleum learning. is a natural product. It petroleum is. comes out of the ground. Right. But you it's have organic. to be careful about what you put into your body because not sure. everything organic is, is okay to right. ingest, you know? And so I don't know. Vanilla is one of my favorite flavors. And they point out that 75% of the vanilla is used for making ice cream. Mm-hmm. The 75% of the global uh, vanilla flavoring every year is used for vanilla ice cream. And that bugs me because vanilla is like one of my favorite flavors. And, and so I was like, oh, really? Oh, dang. Because yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I shouldn't be afraid because this, we don't know today that there's a reason to be bugged by the fact that it's made from petroleum. It's just that it does it doesn't sound right. No, it, it no, it doesn't sound right. But what I got from the video, the point of it is that 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 we shouldn't freak out whenever we whenever we see artificial flavor. That 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 automatically means oh well that that was made in a lab. Well, yeah, it it was, but it's the same stuff. It's the same molecular structure as the stuff off the tree. Yeah, and that's the truth. That that's the I mean, like it doesn't necessarily taste the same because it doesn't have other ingredients, other uh, transient ingredients. So, like if you pick a grape off of the vine and you pop that in your mouth, it has a lot going on in it molecularly, mm -hmm. chemically. There's a lot in that that grape, but to create the grape flavor, they identified that there's one particular chemical in Concord grapes that is responsible for the majority of the flavor that we recognize to be grape flavor. Right. And then they were able to reproduce that particular ingredient in the lab, that chemical, and use that for all grape flavoring in the world. So used in your cough syrups and your yeah. your grape sodas. And that's why grape candy and these things are always, are always purplish because that's the color of a Concord grape. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's take a break to thank our sponsor, Thrasher Coffee. I want to tell you how much I love these guys. I have a regular subscription. I placed at thrashercoffee.com. Eric works there. He is their primary roaster these days. I would recommend that you check out one of their roasts. They got uh, not one, two, or three, but they have like four or five roasts now. And they're available for delivery. If you want to order them by the bag and get them sent straight away, then they'll make them fresh for you to order. And if you want to get on a subscription plan, they will send them to you every two or four weeks. When your order is processed, they roast it, like I said, to order, and it's shipped the same day. And I always get a fresh bag of beans the next day or even sooner just because I live so close. And they're just delicious roasts every time. If you haven't heard all of our episodes, if you haven't been studying coffee culture just all that much just yet, then one thing you got to know is that the freshness of the roast makes a world of difference for all the flavor packed into every bean. 
So one of the real treats for me is the occasional projects I have to work on Thrasher stuff. I got to work on some recent logos for them for the season. Uh, we got some ha- Halloween logo designs for Thrasher Coffee. You can check those out if you look at their Facebook and Twitter pages. They're also on Instagram. I like to follow them. You know, you know what, Eric? A lot of people follow the topic and subject matter of coffee on Instagram. They do. It yeah. is like one of the top most subject matters. Yeah, so, I've, I've never been on Instagram myself, but but yeah, that's what I understand. Basically, it's it's a daily digest of, you know, coffee, uh, anything coffee. You know, it's, it's amazing. You can see people's brews every day. At, it's something else. Like there, if you, all you did was follow all the people consuming coffee on Instagram, you'd have uh, so much material you couldn't possibly get through it in a day. Oh, good. Mm. So if you want to check out Thrasher Coffee, buy the pound or join a subscription, you can do that at thrashercoffee.com. And anytime you want to switch up the roast and try something different, if you want to get some variety in, you can do that too. And Top Brew listeners get 25% off of their purchase with the coupon code TOPBREW at checkout. Thrasher Coffee roasts responsibly harvested beans and supply premium, fresh, small batch coffee to discerning coffee enthusiasts and drinkers at an affordable price. Thank you, Thrasher Coffee, for supporting this podcast and the website. So uh, moving on from the pumpkin spice latte video, there's one other thing I thought was pretty intriguing. Um, We'll probably wrap up today's episode with this particular topic. It's one that's come up in the past, but I I don't think we really dove into it all that much. And it's the issue of bitterness and how to mask it if you want to mask some bitter, tasty coffee. We drink our coffee black, so usually I'm not concerned with using additives to try and a water down, dilute the negative flavors in a mm-hmm. co- coffee beverage. And I'm not drinking all that much coffee that is bitter or stale or malignant. <laughs> as much as possible, I want to drink something that tastes good. All right. But on the occasion that you wind up with a bitterish flavored cup of coffee, what are you going to do about it? And so this article at uh, Quartz, it's QZ.com. The writer uh, uh, titled it, To Tame Bitter Coffee, Skip the Sugar, and Add Some Salt Instead. And this is a trick I think more of the coffee culture is catching on to. This was written by uh, Akshat Rathi. <laughs> Sorry. Easy for if, you uh, to say. Zoom tight. <laughs> if you want to write an article, use a better pen name. I, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, his point is, is that a lot of the coffee culture is so concerned with making coffee in the first place that isn't bitter. And that's really important. It, we shouldn't be drinking coffee that has bad flavors in the first place. But if you wind up with that cup of coffee that you just uh, can't do anything about and you want to drink it because you, right now you're really in a mood for a cup of coffee, add a little bit of salt and it masks the bitterness. Mm-hmm. Have you experimented with this? I have. Um, it's it, yeah. I'm I'm with you. You know, I don't. I I typically don't don't add really anything. To my coffee, but I have, I have, I have tried adding the salt and the first time I did it, I put way too much in and it was, it wasn't as strange as he, as you think. You, You're you expecting know? it to like actually start tasting like French fries or something. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. Um, I used too much the first time and it tasted like the coffee was made with salt water instead of. Oh, um, interesting. And you know, not, not in like the, like the sea, the ocean sense, but, but it just, it just had a. It was, it was interesting. So th- the next time I used, I used less obviously. And it does, if you just, if you sprinkle a few um, crystals or whatever, whatever you want to call the. the so like salt. a pinch, not like a teaspoon. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. A little goes a long way and it does. It somehow chemically. Um, How would you explain work. that? Like it still tastes like coffee. It just masks the bitterness. 
or to does it wind up tasting like some other kind of beverage altogether? Because I was wondering how much of a change it would produce. Yeah, a little bit goes a long way. So just add maybe a half a pinch at a time, and then it tends to balance the cup. You can you can reach a point where you start to where you start to taste the saltiness. It just rounds the cup out. It typically the bitterness is going to come from the roast. It can to some degree come from the bean, um, depending on how it was how it was processed and how it was grown. If you have bitterness in your cup, it's it's going to probably be because it was it was roasted a little bit too dark, or maybe it's a dark roast anyway, and and you prefer that or their robusta beans. Didn't we cover that once before? That robusta tends to be on the bitter side compared to arabica. It does, but you know some people don't like any acidity whatsoever in their coffee. And again, coffee is a is a fruit seed. If it's a um, naturally processed, you're gonna you're gonna taste more of the of the fruit flavor in it. But if it's washed, you're gonna you're gonna taste a little bit. It should be more balanced. But it's still a fruit seed. It's still gonna have some acidity in it. The longer and the higher you roast it, that acidity is going to turn more to bitterness. Hmm. Now, when we say bitterness in coffee, it doesn't necessarily mean like um, like like lemon bitterness. It's right. it's, it's not. It's not that kind of bitterness. It's more. Um, it doesn't. It tastes like fruit that's not yet ripened. Right. You know? it's, it's not. It's that. Uh, getting the sweetness and the caramelization of of the roast. It, that's and, it. That's what I'm thinking about. It reminds me of charcoal. Yeah. It's a little heavy on the roast. You can sprinkle a little bit of salt in there, and it'll and it'll it'll minimize that. But then, like a, it does reach a certain point where you're tasting salt, and if that's that's not something you want in your coffee. Go lightly, tread lightly, my son. So it works for your coffee and also for your campfire roasted marshmallows. Uh, I'll have to try that out sometime. I don't know about campfire roasted marshmallows. You know, like if it catches on fire and it goes, and it starts to evaporate because it's getting charred black all over, sprinkle some salt on your, your blackened marshmallows. Maybe it'll take care of the bitterness. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't recommend that at all. I don't think. Oh, okay. Okay, so back to the article, it says, if the idea still sounds weird, consider that there are entire countries, Turkey, Hungary, and Sweden, where salt is added to coffee as a matter of routine. And this trick works on other products besides coffee to mask the bitterness in things like, say, tonic water. Yeah, tonic water, I guess, is a good example of flavor. And there are, that's true. There are certain cultures around the world that this is a, it's a, a standard of a practice as milk and sugar is in America uh, salt is in those countries. So I'm told, I mean, I've, I've never been to these countries, I don't, so, so I can't verify that for real, but it does, it does sound weird because it's, it's, it's different to what we're used to, but it does work. Yeah. Just don't drink bitter coffee. Like you don't mm. have to put anything in it. Oh, tip for the day. Yeah. If you got nothing else out of this episode. There you go. That's, that's free. TL semicolon DR. So uh, thanks for listening to episode 39 of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and how we shook things up a little bit with a new format and kind of going topical and addressing many things in a sort of a flash, then uh, review us on iTunes. That'd be great. Let us know what you think of the show. Give us a five-star rating if you want to keep the show going. And if you want to find the show notes, visit topbrew.fm slash podcast slash 39. And you will find those also in your podcast app player of choice if you just want to get to the articles and check them out. Follow the show on Twitter. We are Top Brew FM, and I'm underscore Joe Darnell if you want to chat with me on Twitter. And remember our sponsor, it is Thrasher Coffee. Give them your support and tell them that you came from us. Use the coupon code TOPBREW, all one word, to get a 25% discount. Until next time, thanks for listening to Top Brew. Say goodbye, Eric. Goodbye, Eric.